Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchable News. It's Monday, February 6th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, all eyes are on President Joe Biden's State of the Union this week. Number two, the politics of the China balloon. And number three, the latest on the K Street canvas. All right, Jake, let's get to it. We are kicking off this week uh, with all eyes on President Joe Biden and what he is going to say on Tuesday evening. Yeah, this is an interesting moment for any president. Um, The uh, uh, Peter Baker of The New York Times has had an interesting point today um, uh, about the the shift, I guess. And the best way to say it is the shift in, in every president who who loses the House of Representatives. I mean, Biden, according to to our reporting and other people's reporting. Of, uh, is going to try to present himself as the adult in the room, right? Somebody who uh, has been here before, understands how to get bipartisan deals, understands how to um, uh, work with with people of the other party, and that's the political reality he now faces. Um, and and that's especially evident, I would say, uh, with the debt limit, which is uh, the the issue du jour for President Joe Biden and Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So um, that is the and and by the way, he has a a strong he has strong data points. Biden does that is um, to tout right. I mean. Uh, the the job market is pretty pretty damn good right now, as we saw last week. The um, the economy is pretty strong, um, and he had a bunch of achievements in the last couple of years. Yeah, the thing that's going to be interesting to see is, despite you know you know having this kind of strong story to talk about, there is some pessimism here in the country, right? Uh, despite the low unemployment rate uh, and strong jobs growth, as you pointed out, you know the handling his handling of the U.S. economy is deeply unpopular. Uh, he's also going to be facing House Republicans who are going to be have already started to issue their first subpoenas. The war in Ukraine hitting that one year mark, so you know it's going to be something to to watch about how Biden threads the needle here in terms of, you know, what he wants to get done, what he absolutely can get done in a divided government, how uh, he can work with uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy and where there might be limits there. And so um, certainly this is going to be a, a speech that sets the tone for uh, the rest of this year. And if not, it's going to be a foreshadowing to how he sees the rest of his first term going and his possible uh, reelection bid. We, we still don't know if that's going to happen or not, but certainly everybody is kind of trying to read the tea leaves on that. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning, Jake. The China balloon. Lawmakers are poised to learn more about the Chinese spy balloon this week, and probably unsurprisingly, Republicans and Democrats have gone to their own corners, and uh, Republicans are... Uh, critical of what President Joe Biden did in terms of you know deciding to wait to shoot the balloon down while Democrats are defending him. Yeah, um, this is going to get into silly season pretty soon, but there are some legitimate points to make. Uh, I think there's no question about that. Um, number one, I had a, a Republican say to me, "Why didn't he shoot it out? Shoot it down over some remote, remote? Excuse me, man, some remote part of of Montana or Alaska? Why wasn't this taken down earlier?" Now the administration says that they were. They were gaining or gleaming um, a useful intelligence from the balloon as it tracked its way across our country. Um, and that's going to be incumbent on the administration to explain to the 
uh, House Intelligence Committee and to senators, by the way, when they have their they're going to have a briefing in nine days next week on the 15th. Um, so that's going to be a um, it, listen, this is going to be the irony is, of course, that the um, the Chinese had balloons over our country during the Trump administration, too. So this is not a, this is not a new phenomenon. But um, I, I would say this is an example, Anna, of the administration of, of members of Congress being caught off guard, which they don't like. And um, the C uh, CIA director Bill Burns was in front of the Intelligence Committee, as we reported last week, um, the day that President Biden was presented with military options to shoot down the plane. So. Um, and they and he did not say anything to the intelligence committee, which is not not ideal um, for the administration because they want to make the point that they are sharing information with the intelligence committee. We expect of Gang of Eight briefing that is the top uh, uh, congressional leaders plus the top leaders of the intelligence committees this week. So we'll have though there will be more to um, more to see in the next couple of days. All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning. We have our latest K Street Canvas. That is our survey of K Street leaders. All week, we're, we are going to be sharing with you the latest on what downtowners are thinking will happen during the 118th Congress and the 2024 elections. Uh, this survey was conducted January 11th through the 27th in partnership, as always, with the Locust Street Group. Um, let's take it in two parts. Uh, one... I think this is somewhat surprising, Jake. Nearly all of the Republican K Street leaders, 96%, do not, that's a not, believe former President Donald Trump is the Republican Party's best option for winning the White House in the 2024 election. Of course, that comes in the face of the fact that the Trump years were pretty great for K Street as he feverishly worked to remake the federal government and undo a myriad of regulations. Um but but certainly kind of a, a reality check of, of kind of the fever dream that Trump provided to a lot of professional Washington. Yeah, um, I, this is not not surprising that basically uh, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but institutional Republicans are, are kind of sick of Trump. We hear this all the time. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I thought the the uh, question on who's the best option if Trump does not run, and that's DeSantis at 90 percent, <laughs> Mike Pompeo at 9 percent, um, Mike Pence at 8 percent. I mean, a, a, just a steep drop off there between DeSantis and number two, Glenn Youngkin, 41 uh, percent, Tim Scott, 21 percent, Nikki Haley, 13 percent. Um, so uh, an interesting, interesting survey this morning. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, of course, the clear the clear front runner there on the Democratic side of K Street. Fifty nine percent believe President Joe Biden is the best uh, option for winning the 2024 election. But if not Biden, also interesting here on the Democratic side, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer got forty nine percent as being the most likely to be the Democratic nominee if President Joe Biden doesn't run. Whitmer, of course, has said uh, that she's not running. But of course, politicians change their mind all the time. The Democratic second pick, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg at 38 percent, of course. I spoke with Buttigieg last week, and he told us that he's not leaving his current job. Yeah, he's not leaving it until he does. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he's not leaving it. I don't know. I I I I take the whole um, the whole denial thing. Like um, like who cares? We'll see what happens, right? I mean, we, this is not a um, this is these are not uh, definitive answers, no matter what they say. 
very interesting stuff. We'll be kind of teasing out different uh, results from that survey throughout the week. So you can, of course, uh, sign up for our premium edition, which that gets all of the raw details of those surveys of Key Street folks, as well as Capitol Hill staffers at punchbowl.news. Also, just a reminder that I'm going to be interviewing Kathy McMorris-Rogers, the incoming chair of the House Energy and Commerce Committee on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we are full for our in-person portion of that, but you can sign up at our events hub to watch that virtually. going to be a very interesting conversation to hear more about her priorities, uh, particularly as it comes to Spectrum and the digital divide. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Share the Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. Have a great day and stay safe.